Hey, my name is Brianna, and you're listening to the FCC Grayson Podcast. God is doing some incredible things here at First Church. To learn more about FCC and maybe plan your visit, head on over to FCCGrayson.com. We hope today's message gives you hope, inspires, and encourages you in your walk with God. Let's dive into today's message. Uh, well, good morning, everybody. How's it all going? We're back with our video podcast thing. Um, we're here at Chop for Time, going over stuff from Sunday. That's a technical term, wasn't it? The video podcast. Yeah, the video thing. podcast thing yeah. stuff. Yeah. Um, it's morning, you know. I'm only two sips into my coffee. So, uh, but yeah, how are things going? They're going great for me. Of course, you know, I am the uh, middle-aged morning person right, in this room right. right now. So I've been up since about five o'clock, been to the gym, got some stuff done. I'm ready, man. Let's crank right. this thing out. Let's do it. Well, I was actually up earlier today than I normally am on a Monday morning. Oh, okay. So normally on Mondays I do, you know, it's usually eight to eight thirty, and then I dart across the road <laughs> yeah, and try yeah. and get here on time. Yeah. But um, I can't say the same. I woke up a little late for my eight a.m., but I'm here. Yeah, so that's, that's, that's all that matters. That's all that matters. And and by the way. Thomas, Jonathan. Yeah. Ben. Yeah, we've got three people back again. It's kind of nice yeah. to have a bit more of a buzz about the room. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, uh, so over the weekend, we we continued our study, uh, Redeemer. Yes. Um, what week are we on? 4,000. 4,000. Okay, yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's according to who you ask. Right, You know, right, some right. people are really enjoying this series, and they're like, oh, I don't know. And then other people are like... It's been an eternity. It was kind of like yeah, that scene from Titanic. It's been yeah. 84 years. Yeah. You know, yeah. So. yeah. That's where um, we're, <laughs> no, we're Took we're, a sip of coffee yeah, at the wrong like time there. Nine, ten weeks into it, something like that. I, I lost count. Yeah. Yeah. Num- numbers are hard. Yeah. But I think, I mean, people seem to be really enjoying the series um, and, uh, you know, just going over the all the different aspects of how we relate to our Redeemer. Yeah. Um, yeah. And you were we were kind of saying earlier about this turning point, and um, we we've had a couple of turning points of like looking at uh, who our redeemer is, and mm-hmm. um, really focusing on uh, God, Jesus, the Spirit, all that kind of stuff, um, and then we moved into that more practical mm-hmm. application of things, um, and now we're even turning more towards this horizontal relationship between. Yeah, yeah we um, and and even as we were talking about before, you know, we. We went on air. Right. We're on air now. Yeah. But before we began this morning, you know, we were talking about, uh, we've spent a whole lot of time talking about the vertical relationship that mm-hmm. we have between us and God. Mm-hmm. And really, we can trace that back even into our summer in the Psalms, you know, because mm-hmm. that was primarily the thrust of of that study as well, right. was our relate, you know, vertical relationship with God. Uh, so this Sunday, we took a little bit of a turn. Um, we're still looking at it, and I challenged everyone through the message to say, hey, we're still looking at this through a vertical lens uh, because our horizontal relationships will never be full um, without that vertical relationship being healthy. Uh, And that's one thing, even though we're transitioning kind of into this more horizontal, this more practical day in and day out uh, playing between brothers and sisters in Christ and between us and and the world, really, Uh, we still have to make sure that that vertical relationship is the mm. primary lens mm. that everything goes through. Yeah. Um, so this week we talked about reconciliation, um, which is one of those big Bible words for some yeah. people, you know. Uh, yeah. So um, we're, should we dive into the, the passage that we were focusing on? Yeah, I, yeah, I think so. And I think it's good. Go over what we were, what we were talking about. It's good. Second Corinthians chapter 5, verses 14 through 21. 
so we, we won't take the time necessarily uh, to read all of that. But that's that's one of those passages that it's easy to fall down a topical or thematic rabbit hole uh, because we have the big neon light flashing verse mm-hmm. of 17, mm-hmm. which is, you know, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away and behold, a new the new has come. Right. You know, let's tag that one right alongside of I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And, you know, on all of these verses, which right. are amazing verses, and there's so many different layers uh, of in depths of truth mm. to these, but can become so dangerous when taken out of context. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, and, you know, I, I even said Sunday morning that, hey, this I'm not saying as we look at this verse in context, I'm not saying that it doesn't mean other areas of our lives are yeah. not made new. They are. Yeah. You know, he, you know, he makes all things new. Mm-hmm. So we've been made new. But when we look at this passage in the context of Scripture, we go right back to verse 16 because, again, verse 17 starts with a therefore. So that means there was an important statement that led up to that. And that was verse 16 where it says, From now on, therefore, we regard no one according to the flesh. Mm-hmm. Even though we once regarded Christ according to the flesh, we regard him thus no longer. So what 17 is building upon and what this new creation in the context of this scripture is, is we're new in the way that we regard other people, right. all people, mm-hmm. right. not just our church family, not just our brothers and sisters in Christ, but all people. We regard them as Christ regards them now. And that's a big deal, mm-hmm. uh, right. especially when we're talking to rec- about reconciling um, mm-hmm. Because if you're listening to this, if you're watching this, if you heard the sermon on Sunday uh, and you profess you know, to be a believer in Jesus Christ, you're a follower in him, guess what? You have been reconciled. So therefore, right. you no longer regard Christ in the flesh. Right. So again, it's that kind of a little bit of a work from him. And I think that, that Jonathan, as we were talking a little bit earlier, you were saying that was kind of something that as you was reading the passage again last night, that's kind of something that stood out to you was just that source, that who, yeah, yeah, of the yeah. reconciliation. You want to talk to that for just a moment? Yeah. So, <clears throat> just kind of as like a application that I got from it is, you know, when Christ came, He didn't come to be served, but He came to serve, and you know, He didn't come with His own self interest. Um, mm-hmm. He came with interest of reconciling us, and in order to do that, you know, He was with He was with God and he was, you know, he had joy in his glory and, um, you know, I'm sure it was great, but he turned that away and came and lived a life on earth and went through all the things he went through to die on the cross and resurrect again and live a perfect life to reconcile us. And so in the same way, you know, when Christ reconciles us, you know, our call in the same way that Christ left his glory in the same way we should leave the old desires that we had, the old passions that we had, that we took pleasure in, in our flesh. And then we should leave that and we should die daily in the way that Christ died for us. Mm. So, yeah, I really liked it. Yeah. So you're saying that the, the application point there is to look kind of to Christ as to what sacrifice that he made mm-hmm. and realize that to truly regard other people and to be reconcilers as God has given us the ministry of reconciliation as we are ambassadors representing him is that there's going to be times in our lives that we have to sacrifice mm-hmm. as well. Right. 
it's good yeah and that that first 16 that you were talking about the um so from now on we regard no one uh from a worldly point of view uh though we were once regarded in though we once regarded christ in this way we do so no longer um you really like not went on a rant but like you uh (laughs) passionately passionate yeah passionately no but it was really good you sort of really hit home about the fact that we we do that all the time we do regard other people in the flesh all the time Mm -hmm. Um, and we continuously compare ourselves of like uh, you use that analogy of like even in a courtroom or in a counseling session or whatever um you know if there's two parties that want it's very rare if ever that one party is 100% innocent and the other is 100% guilty mm-hmm. you were saying even if it's 90 10 10% is still sin yeah. do you know what i mean and yeah. and not that we should um it's something i've been trying to talk to some of our young people about as well is that we we elevate some sins and decrease others mm-hmm. and i'm not trying to say that we should make like the really bad ones as as little as a lie but we should make lying as serious as murder do you know what i mean like we should elevate our Mm. understanding of sin to that extent and Mm. and stop looking at ourselves and thinking oh i'm a decent enough person compared to so and so over there (laughs) you know when we begin to habitually regard others as you know in the flesh or from a worldly point of view what we wind up doing is we begin to judge them because they sin differently than we do right Mm -hmm. because in our flesh in our fallibility, in our flawed state of mm. humanity, we are sinful beings. Right. Apart from Christ, that's who we are. Mm-hmm. That's littered all through Scripture. I really don't see any debating that. Right. So what we have a tendency to do whenever we fall back, you know, we're not regarding those as Christ regards them. And when we're not, um, when we're seeing them from a worldly standpoint, then what we begin to do, and we enjoy doing this, because it serves as a justification for us it's like it makes us feel better about our dysfunction when we can project attention onto other people and say well they're doing this and you know that 90 10 analogy we were talking about the reconciliation of you know wanting to restore this and what we'll do is we'll oftentimes um, diminish our sins because we feel like it's a reaction to someone else's sin like it somehow nullifies Right. And negates the fact that we sinned. Mm-hmm. Well, it was their fault. They made it. so like they did it first, right? Right. Yeah. You know, right. we 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 become the perpetual fourth graders on the playground. Yeah. You know, we go back to that state. Well, yeah. you didn't see what they did. They touched yeah. me first. You know, mm-hmm. it's like that's what we become. And this understanding of it doesn't matter if it's ninety nine point nine percent on them. There's right. still that, and sin is still sin right and that's the danger and the trap of us regarding others in the flesh mm-hmm. and it's a uh, it's it's dangerous man right yeah so it's almost like regarding other people in the flesh is like the the opposite of reconciliation because it just divides us mm-hmm. further and further apart Fact. um yeah. and yeah that's so what do we do to not do that like what's what's the remedy like what's the yeah well i think that part of the how is what we saw and again i had to spell that out um you know on sunday morning because the appalachian draw (laughs) i'd say hi but uh you know the h-o-w of the situation is you know we looked at a couple different uh passages we looked at john 13 uh, not john 13 i'm sorry was it john 13 
It might have been John. I think 13. it was. <laughs> got the notes. Yes. Bring up the notes. John thirteen thirty five, uh, talking about Jesus telling his disciples that, hey, listen, they're going to know that you are my disciples by the way that you love one another. Mm-hmm. So part of that, us showing forth and regarding no one in the flesh any longer is established within the love of Christ. Because if we look back at verse 14, which was our starting passage, our starting scripture, it says, for the love of Christ controls us. And mm-hmm. some of the translation will say, for the love of Christ compels us. Mm-hmm. So this is all based upon the love of Christ. So again, John 13, you know, we even sing a song as we're growing up, you know, that they will know that we are Christians by our love, by our love. You know, that's mm-hmm. so if that's absent, then we're not regarding them in the spirit. We're regarding right. them in the flesh. Uh, then, you know, we we also took a look at, you know, Matthew chapter seven, kind of Jesus. I don't know if I'm if I would say winding down the Sermon on the Mount, but this is the last chapter of the mm-hmm. Sermon on the Mount in the Gospel of Matthew. And he makes that statement of why are you trying to remove the speck from from your brother's eye when you have a plank mm-hmm. in your own? You know, and, and we'll get into this much more next week as we talk about forgiveness. But uh, so, I mean, I think that there's such a level of self-awareness. Um, and again, that that's dangerous territory to get into, because if you start talking about self-awareness, then that can quickly become a behavioral modification message. But there are behaviors that have to be modified. Yeah. There, there's just behaviors that have to be changed. It's how we're doing that. And what steps that we're taking to go about doing that? Again, that vertical relationship, right? Um, you know, and, and then Romans chapter twelve, basically, you know, I think it's verse eighteen that says, "As far as it, as far as it is with you, live peaceably with everyone. Yeah. As far as you can control, live peaceably yeah. with everyone." So there is this. Um, the, the the biggest H O W is really looking at making sure that we are viewing everyone through the perspective of Jesus Christ, the way that he sees him. Because right. going back to Ephesians chapter 2, verse 6, that we have been made to be seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that means that we at least have the access right. to, to see his perspective. Yeah, and especially at a time like this, you know, where um, people are so polarized and so... I mean, you know, aggressive to one another based on political views and and theological views or whatever. Um, I mean, that's a real challenge. Even within the small groups in this church, there are probably going to be people who will disagree yeah. on, you know, who they voted for or what's happening politically or what's happening in the world around us. And, um, you know, the challenge to lay all of that aside and love one another is uh, is tough, but it could definitely completely change the the conversation of everything that's happening at the moment, yeah. you know, I would love to see that happen. And, you know, it's, I've, I've avoided Facebook at all costs over the past few days because, you know, it's just, it's a it's, toxic not, place right now. It's not but, an unwise decision. Right. Yeah. For right. Sure. Um, but yeah, you know, it'd be so cool to lead, see the church lead the, the mission of loving your neighbor in this time. Yeah. You know, I'd, uh, listen, that's what we're called to do at all right. times. Right. Yeah. Right. You know, and that's, we, we touched briefly on that. Uh, you know, because I, I think it all goes back to those discussions, those discourses. How do we love throughout differences and mm-hmm. um, varying viewpoints? Right. Um, it's the love of Christ. 
If right. it's compelling us, if it's controlling us, then that's what our hope is anchored in. Right. Uh, it's Our hope isn't anchored in a presidential election. Right. Our hope mm-hmm. isn't based on who controls the Senate, who controls the House of Representatives. Right. Uh, it's not based on that. Now, listen, right. you can be... You can be thrilled mm-hmm. about the announcement that took place on Saturday, and that's fine. You can be disappointed by the announcement of the president-elect on Saturday, and that's fine. Right. You can be, uh, you know, excited. You can be happy. Uh, you can be sad. You can be depressed. You know, all of these things. But those are ranges of emotion. But if your foundational hope right. was changed either way, right. for the good or the bad, right. because of an announcement of a president-elect then your hope's in the wrong place. Right. Mm-hmm. Your hope is in the wrong place because our hope is in Jesus Christ right. and Him alone. And that definitely, when you were when you were going on that one in the service, that definitely so got a good... So there were multiple re- rants? No, no, that was... I would consider that a, a holy... Um, I'm, I'm just... A holy speech. Yeah. No, it was... I mean, that got more... I got such a good response of amens and, and you know, so I hope that... I mean, it's one of those things that I just sit and think about during the service, but the fact that loads of people were saying amen to that, those who weren't or those who might have wrestled with it, hopefully should have been encouraged even by the people around them agreeing with that. It's yeah. like, oh, maybe this is actually yeah. the right yeah. thing to do. And, and and listen, it's just, it's come to a place, you know, where, you know, I, I made the statement, you know, my ledger, I have 43 years in my ledger right now. Uh, so I can't speak to the fact of how desperate this world has been in times past right. for the church to truly represent Christ and his love. Right. Uh, in my 43 years, this is the most apparent time that right. I can think of with with the understanding that it's always necessary. Right. But right now, as never before in my history, yeah. the church needs to be leading through the love of Christ. Mm-hmm. And in you know, I've come uh, to you knowing nothing but Christ and him crucified. Mm-hmm. And that has to be our that has to be our message. Right. And I mean that's I mean that's just a message that's I mean cover to cover. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um with regards to like I mean what you said about it, they'll know you're my followers by your love for one another. Mm-hmm. Um I mean we're just we're called to love people uh, and and what we were talking about of like that vertical relationship being our prime example and our motivation for that horizontal relationship. Yeah, um, and, um, and I mean, uh, we're jumping ahead a bit for this one, but I know next week we're talking about forgiveness, but mm-hmm. I think getting that bit right of reconciliation will lead into what we're talking about next week yeah. really well. Lays yeah. that good foundation of um, a starting point mm-hmm. for, for all of that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, um, have you got any other thoughts of things that are going on at the moment, Jonathan? Um, you know, I think of, and this is something that I've struggled with myself. Um, when it talks about in verse 17 that we've been made a new creation, mm-hmm. um, I think sometimes people look at this and kind of put themselves on a pedestal when they think about being a new creation. Like, in a sense, maybe like they've been rehabilitated or re-educated or and that could convince them that because that, that's how it was for me of convincing myself well like now i know all the right things now i have like all the answers and stuff like that and when you have that mentality of pride that's when you start to struggle with regarding mm-hmm. others as christ that's when you demean others but really just to sit and think and dwell about you know i've been completely recreated and 
God changing my heart is one of the greatest miracles there is. And that's just like so far in the depths of his mysteries that we'll never really understand. So it's really just about taking that and having gratitude and thanksgiving instead of pride. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think, yeah, humility and all that kind of stuff is definitely a key aspect to all of this. Yeah. Um, is taking that heart posture of humility and realizing that what we've been talking about for months of I'm a broken, flawed, mm-hmm. terrible human being yeah. at my core. Yeah. Um, but the one who lives in me is perfect yeah. and is doing a new thing, you yeah. know. And well, and you, you mentioned a word there that was actually one of the things that I kind of had to, you know, chop for time right. uh, this week. Uh, was that that aspect of humility mm. because when we're looking at reconciliation obviously the perfect picture of of how reconciliation begins at least is Jesus mm-hmm. and the way that it began with Jesus was he humbled himself and came mm-hmm. to earth for us mm-hmm. if humility is not a part of how we operate then we're never going to walk in biblical reconciliation If we don't walk in biblical reconciliation, then there's no way that we can walk in biblical forgiveness. It'll always be surface level forgiveness. Because I made the statement yesterday that you can't truly forgive in the way that we're called as believers to forgive without the spirit of reconciliation being present in your heart. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, again, there's so many different layers to this, but, you know, we all think of reconciliation as um, everything being restored to a, in a relationship if it at least not to the way it was but even better and i understand that because when christ reconciled us i mean we're in far better shape mm-hmm. right. right now than what we were before right. but again we we're, we're dealing with perfect in christ mm. not perfect with me okay right. so there's one perfect element there when we're looking at horizontal reconciliation we're talking about the source is perfection but it's between two fallible, mm-hmm. not perfect beings. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's not always going to be that way. You know, we talked about the Webster's Dictionary of Reconciliation being, um, you know, restoring back to a friendly relation status. Right. Okay. Right. <laughs> Whatever that means. Uh, but, you know, from, from a biblical standpoint, if we have odd against each other or there's something going on, we have to have reconciliation the desire whether it plays out or not whether that's the end result or not for us to be able to truly forgive then we are going to have to be willing to reconcile Um, which means that that person who has wronged you that person who has offended you you may have to fight through the process of them actually being restored back to a better place than what they were before they offended you right And that is not our fleshly definition of justice. Right. Right. That's we'll get into that next week. Yeah. But that's, that is definitely interesting as well of like for, for, for two people to reconcile, you know, if one is, um, if one is the offender and one is the offended, as say I was, if I was the offended, my role from that, from what you're saying is to humble myself to the point that I hope that the person who offended me grows in their faith with Christ. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know that's that can be tough because yeah. i mean i think we all say that we're all comfortable saying that it's like of, of course i want my enemies to love jesus but i think deep down in the dark crevices of our heart we're kind of thinking 
oh, I don't know. Do they deserve to be part yeah. of the church? Like, yeah. yeah. Well, and that's, you know, we look at the scripture, vengeance is mindset, you know, says, exactly. says God. Mm-hmm. Um, but when that vengeance doesn't play out the way that we mm-hmm. think it needs to play out, we'll be like, okay, we'll, we'll take care of this. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. You know, and that's just something that we all fight with. Right. Uh, of that understanding of, okay, God, this, and we would never say this, but really what we're saying when we take matters into our own hands is like, okay, God, what you're doing isn't good enough. Right. Well, I don't, I don't enough. trust you with this. Right. right. I'm going to fix it myself. Yep. I mean, that's, I mean, that's kind of what, um, no, I would say Habakkuk, but Habakkuk, I think is how people would There's say Habakkuk it. Habakkuk here. Habakkuk. <laughs> uh, but, you know, that's half of his whole. Or most of his whole book is like, hey, why is all this bad stuff happening? Mm-hmm. And God's like, I- I'm good. Like, I'm a good God. And, yeah. and, you know, personally, I'd be like, no, like, why is all this bad stuff happening? Like, yeah. what are you going to do? And he's like, no, I'm God. Yeah. Don't worry. And, and Habakkuk's just like, great. I love you. You're, you're wonderful. You know, I mean, that's like the, my abbreviated version of the three or four chapters of yeah. Habakkuk. But, yeah. but and, see, like, and the way that we, you know, you're, you're bringing up something there. Again, another element that was kind of top, chopped for time is how we deal with mm-hmm. this reconciliation, mm-hmm. uh, when we when things don't go really mm-hmm. well, you know, I, I looked at two Old Testament prophets this right. week, and the way that they handled kind of the sin mm-hmm. that was not only affecting them, but that was affecting a nation. Right. Um, and we look at Ezra. Mm-hmm. You know, Ezra's reaction was to go and pull his beard out. Right. That's not me, man. Right. That's not me. Um, Nehemiah, on the other hand. Take some fools out, beat them with some sticks because mm-hmm. of their sin. Now you're talking. Right. All right, I can get on board with that. This whole thing of me. Is this why you're going to be yeah, that, that's a challenge? It. I'm just gonna, that, that's going okay. to be. It's practical, man. Right, it's practical right. application. Living out the Bible. Uh, yeah, exactly. Right. Um, next is going to be sackcloth and ashes. Yeah. Uh, but uh, but no, I'm just sitting there and I'm looking at like you. You got one one guy here who um, you know was was so distraught mm-hmm. over the sins of the nation that he pulled his. That, that's how deeply. The sin mm. affected him that he was pulling his beard out and crying out to God. The other guy went and just grabbed a stick and said, okay, let's take care of this. And I see, I, I gravitate towards one mm. of those more than I do the other. But, um, you know, it's just, it's so interesting to me how we all have these different mindsets mm-hmm. and these different ideologies of how things play out. Mm. Um, and, and neither, I, I don't see anything in scripture. Now I didn't study it. Thoroughly, because I knew it probably wasn't going to be able. You didn't to make read it in cover to cover last week. I, I didn't. I didn't. I'm ashamed. I'm, I'm ashamed. But um, I don't know if there's any indication that either one of them was declared right or wrong. Right. In the way that they, you know, that outplaying. Mm. Uh, I can't. I can't imagine beating people with a stick. Um, would would be would be great. Uh, but you know, <laughs> right. Right. Uh, so either one of these visceral responses, basically what I'm saying is, I don't know if we're ever given an indication that it's right or wrong, but we don't have to worry about the guessing of that now, mm. whether is it right to internalize this or is it wrong to internalize this? Is it right to, you know, just beat up ourselves or is it wrong? Is it right or wrong to beat up others that are in the sin? We don't have to worry about that anymore because we know how God handles it. Right. We know how God handles it. We see it yeah. in the life of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. So there's no more of a guessing game. There's right. no more of us needing to step in and fix this mm. um, or say, okay, God, what do I do in this? Well, right here. It's already done. Talks about mm-hmm. it right here. Yeah. It's yeah. just, it's a beautiful thing, man. No, that's pretty good. Um, I heard one time, um, you know, normally when it comes to like, 
arguments and sarcasm and being right. I'm normally competitive about those things. And I'll admit that I'm competitive about that. But one thing that I heard was when it comes to having any kind of conflict in any kind of relationship. So with a friend, with family and like girlfriend or married, because I just have a girlfriend. You guys are married. (laughs) But um, the first one to say sorry always wins. Um, I love that because it's kind of like that parallel of the way up by the crosses down. Yeah. And so really seeking victory in the relationships that you have is by taking that step down in humility and saying, well, I'm sorry. But the worldly or our flesh <clears throat> would want to figure out the right answer and win the argument yeah. and just leave it there. Yeah, and, and the, the dangerous part coming from someone who is also competitive and likes to be proven right, <laughs> uh, the danger in that is that our so- us saying we're sorry becomes un- unauthentic, inauthentic, mm. not real. Yeah, and not yeah. genuine. Mm. Just so we can say that we want to listen. I, I'm the guy that um, I'm. I'm quick witted. I have a comment for almost everything. I like to be right, mm-hmm. uh, and that has been a lifetime battle because some of my relationships, my marriage at times, has been harmed because it did not affect me how deeply I would have to wound my wife to be proven mm. right because that was the end game for me. Um. And that's something that I have had to really turn over to God because I proved over and over again that I couldn't, I couldn't sanctify that. Mm-hmm. You know that that just wasn't something I was going to be able to do in and of myself. Because there's been, I was sitting thinking a couple of days ago, how many times in my life have I laid down at night and thought, "Man, I wish I would have said something," mm-hmm. or "Man, I wish I would have said that." I don't even know if I could count them. It wouldn't take all of the fingers on one hand. Mm-hmm. But now the opposite of that, of me laying down going, oh, why did I say that? Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm, a, I'm a moron. Why did I do that? You know, that's a different story. Right. Um, but that understanding of the way that Christ handles this reconciliation. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, I, Again, we don't have to figure it out. Uh, we have the blueprint. Now, the submission to that, and like you were talking about, the humility, is that's the challenging part. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, probably just to to close up here in a couple of minutes. Mm-hmm. I one of one of the other verses that you touched on. You, so you bring that up of you know uh, the first person to say sorry usually wins. It reminded me the first time I ever preached back home was on Matthew chapter twenty and the parable of uh, the the workers in the vineyard. Mm-hmm. Um, you know where there's all these different workers come in at different times, and and I remember using pretty much that exact exact analogy with me and Kylie when we were dating of. You know, we'll get into a bit of a debate about something or an argument about something. And she will always say sorry right in the middle of my, like, I'm getting to the pinnacle of my argument. You know, I'm like, I'm about to throw down some, like, perfect response. And she's like, I'm sorry. And I'm like, what? Or she'll like, or she say, like, will you forgive me? And I'm like, yeah, but not now. Like, could you wait till I'm done? Like, <laughs> right, yeah, let, let me articulate my point first. But, um, but you know, you know that whole passage is the first to be last and the last to be first. You know, and I think I mean it really ties in again with that humility thing of, um, well, one how we relate with God, but also how we we relate with each other, um, of laying ourselves aside, mm-hmm. um, and again that whole thing of um, selflessness isn't thinking of yourself or thinking less of yourself, but thinking of yourself less is just taking yourself out of the picture mm-hmm. and th- caring and thinking about the other person. Um, but what, I remember when I was preaching on Matthew twenty. Uh, I brought up a verse that you brought up on Sunday, which was the um, 
in Romans, you know, rejoice with those who yes. rejoice and yeah. weep with those who weep. Um, and, you know, that's such a good picture of what our relationships yeah. look like. You know, if, you know, Jonathan, if you were to win the lottery and, you know, walk away with millions, millions of dollars, mm-hmm. you know, on the surface, I could be like, great job. But <laughs> yeah. inside I'm like, well, why do, God, where's my, yeah. where's, where's my blessing? Yeah. You know, like, yeah. and I'm not truly rejoicing. We're like the with, conversations we have when he's not around. Like no, Jonathan <laughs> really is the worst. I mean, this guy is really the worst. But do you know what I mean? And, it, and it's interesting how, I mean, that whole verse is laid out in that order, mm-hmm. you know, rejoice, rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. I think sometimes we find it easier to weep with those who weep, Oh, absolutely. you know, and, yeah. and be empathetic and care for those. But if we aren't able to rejoice with those who rejoice, like truly, even, even if our lives are completely falling apart and we're jealous of those people who have everything together, mm-hmm. you know, if we can't do that, then we can't truly weep with those who weep at the same time. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And yeah. that's such a good picture of our relationships with one another is that we, to layer our our own lives aside, good or bad, to rejoice with those who are great or to weep with those who are in need, mm-hmm. you know. Um, it just ma- made me think of that first again. Yeah. I, was, I was glad you brought that one up because that's, that's such a good yeah. verse. I, I thought by. about just reading <clears throat> Romans twelve eighteen, <laughs> and then I got to, you know, <laughs> the addicted to context guy here. Right, I was like, right. okay, would I really be doing the congregation any favors by not reading the entirety of that passage, and mm-hmm. that's Romans 12, 9 through 18. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, it just builds and builds and builds. Then you get that command right. in in verse 18 of, as it is for you, as much as you can control, live peaceably right. with everyone. Mm-hmm. Right. No, I think that's great. And I think with communicating, like, the best way to communicate with someone is finding what you have in common. Like, communicate the first, like, three-fourths of it. Communi- commune, like, what you have in common. And even if you see things different politically, or even if you see the matters of a subject or a conflict differently, the number one thing that you can always come back to that you have in common with that other person is that you're both believers Mm -hmm. and that your hope is in Christ. And so no matter what the differences are, you can always come back in common that you're both believers of Christ. And try to talk about things that could be tension-filled when things are good. Don't wait till the bad moments. When there's already tension in the relationship to try to deal with the negative things. If you know something's going on, if you know that there's a difference, be proactive. Talk about those things while things are good. Mm-hmm. Because the, the tone of the conversation is much, much different. Right. So, right. All right. I'm done. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's that's great. I think that's, I mean, we covered quite a lot there. But we it did. seems like yeah. humility and our relationship with Christ are the two keys Absolutely. to understanding Probably in the opposite order. Is humility really even achievable without yeah, exactly, a healthy yeah, relationship yeah, yeah. with Christ? Uh, yeah. First would be last, last would be first. I just yeah, mix yeah. the order, you know. Uh, no, That's um, what you did there. Thank you, thank <laughs> you. Um, but yeah, I think uh, the, I'm excited to hear how small groups and stuff go. See, yeah, you know, me too. Hear me how that all, because we all need more reconciliation in our lives with yes. each other. So, mm-hmm. um, so yeah, well, uh, thank you everybody for joining us. Um, it's nice to have three people again, you know, to keep talking about stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, Thank you for joining us at Chop for Time, and we'll uh, catch you next week.